are listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light and the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards is the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of All Aboard with Herm Edwards, the Sun Devil Radio Network's weekly hour-long show spotlighting Arizona State football and featuring Sun Devil head coach Herm Edwards. All Aboard is presented by Coors Light and the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. Good evening, everyone. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of Sun Devil football and your host for tonight's broadcast. We thank all of you for joining us this evening on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. Now, if you want to watch the show, we are also airing tonight's All Aboard on Facebook Live. You can check out the live stream of the show on the Sun Devil Football Facebook page. We have a good show for you tonight. Joining us a little bit later on in the program will be ASU defensive end Tyler Johnson, who was named the Pac-12 Defensive Lineman of the Week earlier this week for his superb play in last Saturday's game against the UCLA Bruins. Also with us this evening will be Tyler's position coach, as Sun Devil first-year defensive line coach Robert Rodriguez will stop by for a visit. But to get things started tonight, it is always my pleasure to welcome to the show the third-year head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, Coach Herm Edwards. How are you doing this evening, Herm? We're doing fantastic. Um, we're excited about all of a sudden two weeks in a row we get to play back-to-back football games. So that's that, that's fun. And obviously uh, uh, playing Arizona with the history of this rivalry, um, that's been kind of fun for me to, to really visit with our young players that have never been a part of this. And it's always good to get former players to speak on the behalf of, of what this game means to our fan base, what it will mean to these players 20 years from now, uh, as this rivalry continues to uh, to be- become legendary and stories are told and uh, they got a cup and I, I kind of laughed and I kind of fudged a little bit, but I said, you know, that cup between that, that between Marvin and myself, I said, that cup's older than both of us. <laughs> and the players like were looking around. I said, yeah, that's how old that cup is. And I, I probably put a couple years on the cup, but it's okay. <laughs> 1899 is, I think, when it was first uh, issued, and it is the oldest rivalry game trophy in American college football. There are others like the Little Brown Jug and the Old Oaken Bucket, but, Herm, none of them uh, are as venerable as the Territorial Cup is, and it sure looks nice when it's uh, gleaming in the uh, showcase of uh, your athletic building at Arizona State, isn't it? It really is, and, and, and you realize that, and we've been very fortunate uh, when you think about uh, about playing in that game. Um, our first year uh, that I was uh, took the job here, we played down down there, and uh, it was it was some kind of game. Now it was exciting, and, and until the fourth quarter, uh, it took us everything in that fourth quarter to come back and, and come out of there with a one point win, and they had an opportunity to win it. And um, missed a long field goal attempt uh, last year. Uh, they, they came up here and we were able to win a game here. So um, it's gone good for, for the last two years. But, um, you know, records don't matter in this game. It's all about uh, the emotion of it all and, and the way the players look at it and view it. Uh, and this will go down to the fourth quarter. Uh, it always has for us the last two years. And I don't anticipate anything different uh, in this week's game. 
And in this case, you have two teams that are desperate for a victory. The Sun Devils, uh, two close losses to USC and UCLA. Arizona's in the midst of a program record 11-game losing streak dating back to last year. It seems to me that will add to already high feelings and emotions and intensity in this game. Yeah, no doubt. And, and this is an Arizona team that is really, when you look at how they've played, they, they've been very competitive at home. They lost to USC by four, uh, undefeated team. They lost to Colorado, um, you know, by, by about 10, 11 points. And that game was close. It really was. Uh, just some missed opportunities uh, by Arizona to maybe beat that team. So they lost to two undefeated teams uh, that, that are both in our, in our conference in Colorado and, and USC. So it, it's, uh, you know, it's going to be one of those games that records don't matter. They're hungry for a win. We're hungry for a win as well. Both teams good at running the football. Your team has been terrific running the ball through two games. And Arizona last week had 268 yards rushing in that loss to Colorado. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the two teams are able to run the football on Friday night. Yeah, and I think that's the strength of, of both teams right now is their ability to run the football. Um, they have two dynamic backs. We have two young backs that, that, that have that done a nice job for us thus far in, in two games. So uh, both teams defensively will, uh, will be tasked with trying to slow this run down. Uh, but, but I think we, we can't lose sight of uh, uh, the pass game because that's, that's how you score. Uh, you gotta, you, you got to move the ball in chunks every once in a while, and I think – they have uh, they have some talented receivers with speed uh, that can make some some plays down the field. Uh, you know, we, we we also have some young talented receivers that need to be a part of that mix, uh, making some plays down the field. Andre Johnson, I thought, uh, you know, did a nice job against UCLA. One of our young receivers, a sophomore, didn't play a whole lot of freshman year, but but made some plays down the field, some 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 big gains, and that's what you need. And and that's going to be um, that's going to be part of, of, of what we need to do if, if to, to win a game like this. Interesting dynamic in this one. Arizona has a talented uh, sophomore quarterback, Grant Gunnell, the all-time leading passer in the history of Texas high school football, and yet he suffered a shoulder injury at UCLA two weeks ago. Did not play against Colorado. Do you expect? to see him on Friday, or will it be Will Plummer, a Gilbert High School product, his backup, who started last week for the first time against Colorado? I'm going to anticipate he, he might be ready to play, but but I do know this. They won't put him out there if he's not healthy because you can't do that to any young man, to any student athlete, and um, especially uh, you know a young guy that has a future. Uh, but that's all. And they, all coaches, uh, you know, they are – they're committed to protecting their athletes. And if, if he's healthy, he'll play. If not, the young man from, from, as you mentioned, from Arizona has done a nice job. He's very athletic, has some size, um, some nice arm talent, has, has, made, has made some big throws in the, in, in, in the passing game for him. So um, he does a nice job. He's done a nice job. And, you know, being from here, growing up, he knows the history of this, right? Even though he was a high school player, but he grew up up here and, and he kind of knows the history of this and he decided obviously to go to Arizona uh, and, and um, he's part of that program and he's been able to play some and he's done a nice job for him. 
One potentially big factor in the game, Herm, on uh, Friday night, Arizona has struggled in defending the run. They're last in the Pac-12 in rushing defense. You have been able to establish a very solid running game with uh, Chip Trainum and Rashad White. Uh, will that be a factor, do you think, on Friday evening? Well, yeah, I mean, we have to be a balanced offense. There's no doubt about that. But but I also think that when that occurs, when, when a team has a strength, well, what do you do to, to combat that? And, and most coaches defensively tell you, we've we got to add another element in the box, right, whether it's a run blitz, uh, you know, adding more people in, in the gap scheme. With that being said, um, you've got to be able to, to, to get them out of that and not align eight guys in the box. And if they do, you're going to probably get man coverage uh, on the outside on the perimeters. And that's where we're going to have to make some hay if they decide to do that. You know, when we played UCLA last week, first eight possessions, for the most part, defensively, they brought pressure, five-man pressure or six-man pressure. And a lot of them were run blitzes, you know, to, 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 to penetrate our backfield and to try to try to get our runners before they got going. But some of it was in the fact that, you know what, we're going to play man coverage out here and make you beat man coverage. Now, we've played all college football games in the Pac-12 this year with no fans in the stands. It has to be a strange sensation, but I imagine it's going to be even stranger on Friday night in a rivalry game. No fans in the stands because they are the ones, the fans, aren't they, that bring so much of the energy and the passion into a rivalry game. They do. They bring tremendous energy, and, and you can sense it. And, and I think you, you look forward to that when you're at home, what, what the crowd's going to provide. You also enjoy going on the road when you feel it from, from the opponent's fan base, right? You just you feel like this is – you, know, you want to play in those games. They're fun, you know, because the fans are just so emotional. And you can see that ebb flow of the game going that way. When, when they're doing really good, their fans are going, and then all of a sudden the fans get quiet you know that you're probably doing pretty good, right? So it kind of works both ways. Herm, how does a great college rivalry like Arizona State and Arizona compare with some of the big pro football rivalries you were a part of in your day, like Eagles-Cowboys games in the 1980s, for instance? Well, it's kind of interesting. Um, I think it has a lot to do. You know, rivalries are generally um, more historic in college because of the fact that um, generally conferences don't change a lot. Um, You have a certain fan base that went to college there um, that understand that rivalry thing. In the NFL, you know, and in colleges, it used to be. Now, now kids leave, but you're there for four years generally, five years sometimes, so you get that. In the NFL now, because of free agency and whatever it may be, the rivalries, when I came in the league, they, they, were, they were a little bit more pronounced. But now with the movement in the NFL by players, you know, it's hard to stay on a team in the NFL just play for one team anymore. Now, certain positions, if you're a quarterback, you're probably going to play you know, somewhere for a long time if you're obviously a very good quarterback. Uh, but then again, Tom Brady's just left, right? All of a sudden, who, who would ever imagine Tom Brady leaving New England Patriots after all those years, right? So I just think you see movement sometimes, but now there's more movement. So I think the fans in the NFL as well as in college, they enjoy the rivalries because it's passed down through generations where sometimes in pro football, because you don't stay on a team that long anymore, 
you, you don't appreciate it as much, I would say, as in college. And you told us the other day that you talk to your team about this rivalry at some point, don't you, every day? Yes, yes. And, and, and through some of it's through um, video, what has taken place historically. Um, you were actually on one of them talking about the rivalry. You, you were mixed into this video that I that we produced for the, for the young man. And then we generally always have a player, a former player, uh, come in and speak to the team as well. So um, it's been a lot of fun uh, because you can feel the intensity and the emotion of former players that have actually come in and spoken to the team. And your players, trust me, will be talking about this game 20, 30, 40, maybe even 50 years from now, don't you think? Yeah, I do. And I think the senior class that we have that have played in this game, they're making the young guys well aware of what's about to happen. No matter where you're watching the ASU U of A game, Saturdays are made to chill with Coors Light. Coors Light, an official beer of ASU. And remember, 21 means 21. Still plenty more to come on this evening's edition of All Aboard with Coach Herm Edwards presented by Coors Light and the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. Later on, we'll be joined by ASU assistant coach Robert Rodriguez and by Sun Devil defensive end Tyler Johnson, the current Pac-12 defensive lineman of the week. Meanwhile, Coach Edwards and I will continue our conversation in just a moment. But first, let's take this time out here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Start the second quarter of All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Thurston Farmer in Tempe has been our great host for All Aboard with Coach Herm Edwards the past two seasons. Of course, sadly, we couldn't be there this year. COVID strikes again. We miss Justin and the entire staff at the Lodge. They took great care of us. But you know what, fans? You can still visit there and enjoy the amazing food outside on the patio at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. Sun Devil Athletics invites you to be a part of the Sun Devil Legacy Brick Program. Now is your chance to leave your legacy at Sun Devil Stadium for generations to come. Bricks can be customized and start at just $150. Learn more at sundevilbricks.com. We continue now on All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light and the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. I'm Tim Healy, your host, welcoming you back to tonight's show as we continue our conversation with Sun Devil head coach Herm Edwards. Herm, your game uh, last Saturday against UCLA and what ended up being a 25-18 to Bruin victory was your team's first game in a month due to uh, three COVID-related cancellations. In what areas or aspects did you think your four weeks of game inactivity had the greatest effect on your club? I thought we we started out a little slow, uh, and I think that had to was due to the speed of the game, just trying to find our our sea legs, as you would say, the speed of the game. Uh, fouls, I think fouls were, were were a major disappointment for me. Uh, we we pride ourselves on execution and and not being involved in fouls, and there were a lot of fouls in that game on our behalf and. Some of it had to do with, with fatigue, uh, concentration. Uh, you know, when you don't play live football for a while. It's, it's like any game. It's like when the season starts, the first thing coaches always worry about. And, and you, you heard this all during the season, even in the NFL. 
uh, coaches on defense worry about tackling, uh, penalties, uh, you know, snapping the ball, just all the little things that you do, right? You worry about that the first game when you haven't played a live football game. And and that was kind of what it looked like, to be quite honest. Okay. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's what you fear the most. Mm-hmm. Now, in sizable portions of both games, you've played USC and UCLA. I don't think there's any question yours was the better team out on the field. Uh, what do your guys need to do to be able to finish better? Because I know that you made a point of emphasis at your Monday press conference of your team just has to be able to finish games better. I, I think the details uh, and the importance of every how important every play is. You know, I think when you watch a football game um, as a fan, and I'm a fan, no doubt about it. Um, the, the the big magnitude plays, you know, that, that's kind of what you remember, right? But, but as a coach, it, it's, it's about the little plays that, that allow the big plays to occur. I've always said this, more games are lost than won due to error, due to error. And a lot of it is it's just, it's just error. It's not the execution of it. Uh, the, I always tell players, you know, there's one thing about the game of football. It, it's simple if you make it simple. We try to make it simple. There's an assignment factor. That's, okay, what's my assignment? There's an alignment factor. How do I line up? And there's this technique fundamental factor. That's before the ball is snapped. Can I do those things? Can I do the first two right? Get the assignment right, what I'm supposed to do, and the alignment right. And you'd be amazed in a football game when 22 players address each other before that ball snapped. There's almost an error on every play <laughs> by, by either you or the opponent. Some of them are glaring. Some of them are little. The glaring ones the fans see and, and the broadcasters talk about. But it's the little ones that just keep nicking at you that, that eventually get you. And if you get enough of those plays in a game and you, and, and you go, you know what, this is more about us. And, and, I, and I've told the team, the last two games have been more about us rather than the opponent. And we got to fix that. There were in defeat, I think, some very positive developments uh, Saturday night against UCLA. Offensively, once again, your team was able to effectively run the football, chip train them, your Talented freshman from Ohio posted his first career 100-yard game. Rashad White, his second straight game with over 100 all-purpose yards. What have been the keys to your ground game success through these first two games? Well, it starts with the guys up front, as well as the tight ends. Let's don't lose sight of our tight end package now. We, we play with multiple tight ends. Uh, they've done a nice job of creating running lanes and then uh, the ability of our runners to break tackles. They're, they're good contact runners, have tremendous balance when you watch them. Um, when, when, they, when they get contact, they find a way to make extra yards, and that's important. And that wears on you defensively, uh, you know, when you get a runner like that. And so all those factors become a big element going forward for this football team. And, and, and obviously, you know, we're going to build it that way. 
And I think uh, those two young men have done a nice job for us. It seemed to us, Herm, in the second half that your new offensive coordinator, Zach Hill, got into a really good play-calling rhythm. We have to keep in mind this was only the second game for his new offense uh, to be displayed on the football field. And I really thought as the uh, game evolved, he really got into a great play-calling rhythm. And Jaden Daniels started throwing the ball, I thought, more confidently as a result in the second half. Yeah, I think it's it's work in progress, and I'll say that until the season ends uh, because we haven't had enough contests. And, and, and you're right, it's new. Um, and, and a lot of young guys playing at the receiver position, which kind of makes it more interesting. You know, I, I told um, uh, I told Jaden, I said, Jaden, you know, you know, you know the difference? And, and he goes, one coach. And I said, you know the difference between this year and last year? And he's kind of trying to figure it out. I said, it's real simple. Number 11 is not here anymore. You know, he could bail you out. He was at the game, by the way. <laughs> and right, I said, he could bail you out. I said, now you got a bunch of young guys that, that just learned how to figure this thing out. So now you got to bail them out. Now he's the old guy. Is uh, Herm, of course, referring to Brandon Ayuk, uh, the 49ers, now uh, temporarily taking up residence in Arizona as they've been uh, relocated and uh, uh, playing games in the state of Arizona right now. Defensively, I thought your defensive line pressured the pocket consistently. Actually, in the first two games, I thought getting good pressure on the quarterback. And in particular, the young man we're going to hear from in the next segment, Tyler Johnson, was phenomenal on Saturday. Four and a half tackles for loss, three sacks, named the Pac-12 Defensive Lineman of the Week. Yeah, well-deserved. And Tyler's been here for – he was here before I got here. And, um, you know, you can see the maturity in him, uh, and I think that's good because uh, we, we need that. Um, but, but he's always had the knack of, of making a play or two. I, I think his consistency to me thus far, the first two games, is, is something that is – uh, that is fun to watch. Um, he is, he's become a much better player in practice. I think he's starting to understand that it that takes tremendous work in practice and the preparation of it all to play good in games. And, and this is why you see this young man um, uh, constantly getting better. And I say that and he's only played two games. Um, but his, his feeling is going in the right direction. Arrows are pointed correctly. Uh, we need him to be one of our better players on defense. He has a lot of experience. You know, he's played in a lot of games, and uh, all of a sudden, and, and he's a guy that can make game-changing plays. And you need defenders like that, especially now because our defense is different. It's a four-man front. You know, he he played in a system uh, when we first got here. It was a three-man front, and we used him as four-man as a rusher sometimes, as a as a backer at times. But, but I think this, this, this fits, uh, fits him. It fits some of the players we have. And, and, and this coach, Coach Rodriguez, has done a really nice job of coming in his first year. And remember, these guys want to play two games. <laughs> it's just, I, keep, I, I keep telling myself, I said, we want to play two games. It feels like I've played 100 games already, you know. But we've only played two. So there's still a lot of work to be done. But uh, – they have done a nice job, and Tyler's done a nice job of, of playing this year for us. 
Special teams, you got a boost from two players, two new players. Your freshman DB turned running back, DJ Taylor, showed some spark in returning kicks for you Saturday. And walk-on place kicker Jack Luckhurst, whose dad Mick was a longtime NFL kicker, booted a 49-yard field goal and extra point. You got two good kickers on your team right now, Herm. Well, well, we do, and, and Luckhurst is funny because I played against his daddy now, so it's just, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> and um, yeah, his son had to go out there and make one for us, and and that kind of you know put parts on. It was three points, but it was to me it was like okay. The goose egg is no longer on the board. We'll get some momentum in the second half, and we'll get going. And, and when we did, we got going and played a little bit better offensively. Um, and you're right. You know, when you, you think of a game like that, it, it goes down to, you know, some unsung heroes given an opportunity. And, and he went in the game and 49-yard and, um, field goal, when you, that, that's the first attempt. You see him in practice all the time. He's worked diligently. And all of a sudden, we said, hey, you got to go in and try this. And he went in and knocked it in. And I went, whoa, look at him. That, that's, that's pretty nice. That's good stuff. And the rivalry game is a lot of times when an unsung hero can step to the fore and become the hero of the big game. And perhaps that'll be the case Friday, huh? Yeah, you never know. You never know. You, you always know. Well, the, the two that I've been involved in have gone down to the fourth quarter. And, and you just hold on to your hat and say, okay, what does it look like in the fourth quarter? And you start battling, you just keep battling and keep battling, and you never know the turns and the twists that are going to happen in a game like this. Can't wait till it unfolds this Friday evening, and we're so glad that you get to play this game against Arizona on Friday night. Herm, thanks for spending time with us this evening, my friend. Best of luck and uh, stay healthy. Thank you, my friend. At Sun Devil head coach Herm Edwards, our guest on these first two segments of All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. No matter where you're watching the ASU game, Saturdays are made to chill with Coors Light. Coors Light, an official beer of ASU, and remember, 21 means 21. Coming up, we will visit with the reigning Pac-12 Defensive Lineman of the Week as Tyler Johnson will join us. You're listening to All Aboard with Coach Herm Edwards, presented by the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen and by Coors Light on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Now, this time out. This is All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, the third quarter. We are airing tonight's installment of All Aboard, presented by Coors Light and the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen on Facebook Live. You can check out the live stream of the show on the Sun Devil Football Facebook page. Tonight's broadcast of All Aboard with Coach Herm Edwards is also brought to you in part by Lyft. Thank you, Lyft, for being a proud Sun Devil Athletics partner. Welcome back to tonight's show, everybody. I'm Tim Healy, the voice of the Sun Devils. Glad you could join us on this Wednesday evening, the show early, uh, airing a day earlier than usual. And uh, despite losing last Saturday's game 25-18 to the UCLA Bruins, the Sun Devils had several outstanding individual performances in what was Arizona State's first football game in a month. And tops among them was the effort turned in by junior defensive end Tyler Johnson, who had a monster evening with four and a half tackles for loss that included three quarterback sacks. He also had one quarterback hurry. And for his efforts, Tyler was named the Pac-12 Defensive Lineman of the Week this past week. He's a junior from Highland High School in Gilbert, Arizona, and he is our guest tonight on All Aboard. Tyler, thanks for visiting with us. How are you doing this evening, my friend? 
Good, good. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to have you on the show. Kudos, by the way, for getting uh, Pac-12 Defensive Lineman of the Week honors. I'll, uh, full disclosure, I get a vote in those awards every week. All the radio announcers around the league do. And I voted for you to get the Big Kahuna, the Defensive Player of the Week award. Uh, the Defensive Lineman Award, not a bad uh, consolation prize. How did you evaluate your play against UCLA? Uh, I mean, it was it just started off by, you know, taking it play by play, just taking it, you know, one at a time, trying to give it up my all, get off the ball fast, and uh, just make sure I do my assignment, stuff like that. So after the game, you know, Coach talked about how, you know, even though we lost, we still had to grade ourselves. And, um, you know, our coach gives us an individual grade, so he graded me pretty good. So I'm glad I was able to perform and, you know, give my team somewhat of a chance. How much does film study play a part in your preparation each week? Because it looked as though you guys in the defensive front uh, did a good job in that area. You were prepared for what UCLA was going to do offensively. Oh, for sure. You know, Coach Rod, he's very good at um, picking out O-linemen and seeing their tendencies and seeing what we can do as far as stunts, um, what everybody is individually, what we have in our, in our arsenal, you know, personally, and what we can use against offenses. So going doing that for the preparation throughout the week has been very – it was very good. It was very uh, – as you can see, you know, it, it worked for the most part during the game. Uh, you know, Mike and Lole, we were able to get there quick. We were able to shut down some run lanes. So the preparation as far as film, it's, it's a really big thing, really big key. Talk about your defensive line group. Uh, we were talking with Coach Edwards earlier. Some folks uh, at the beginning of the year were saying the D-line might be the question mark on the Arizona State defense, and yet through two games, I think you as a group have played really, really well. Uh, how do you evaluate the way your line has come together? Uh, the way it's come together is, you know, we trust each other on the O-line. A lot of us, were we're returning starters, Um We've played in many games together, you know, away games, whole games for the last two years, three years even. So being able to trust each other and then go out and be able to trust Coach Rod as far as him being new and having a new D-line coach and uh, him showing us new things of how he wants us to do it. Uh, we just, you know, stayed by the book and you know, just trusted him. So being able to do that and perform is something that we've all just stuck together and decided to like, hey, we need to buckle down. We need to do what Coach wants and just try to do it to our best of ability. What have you learned from Coach Rod? Of course, he uh, spent five years in the NFL with the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, it's got to be exciting to play for a guy like him who has that NFL pedigree. Man, learned a lot from Coach Rod. You know, as far as technique-wise, uh, he's, he's taught me a lot of things on the D-line that I probably would never have thought of. Um, as far as the angles, hands, where to place them. So Coach Rod, is, he knows what he's doing, and, I'm glad he's here. Now, you mentioned uh, playing in the D-line. Your first two years at Arizona State, you were a linebacker, and now this year you get your hand in the dirt, so to speak, playing in the defensive front. What have been some of the big differences uh, for you in the two positions and the adjustments you've had to make to adapt to playing as a defensive lineman? I think probably the biggest one is not having to worry about uh, offensive uh, formations. That's a big thing at linebackers, picking out formations, seeing what, uh, you know, honing down on what plays that could possibly run, what plays that we're running on defense that match up with that. So being able to 
be on the put my hand in the dirt and hear a play and know that I just need to do this and only this. So it's it's been a huge change as far as going from you know Coach Pierce and then going to Coach Rod. In what areas, Tyler, do you think you have made your greatest improvement from uh, your first two years to now? I think my greatest improvement has probably been my mentality. Just being able to go out and treat every practice as if it's a game. You know, I try to treat every practice like it's a game because as of right now, I've only had two. So I try to keep myself motivated during practice. Just know that, you know, whatever's on film is going to be on there forever. And I don't want to look too, I don't want to look bad. So being able to practice like that definitely has prepared me to get ready for the two games that we've had. Now, for a brief period earlier this year, it looked like you were going to have to retire from playing football before electing to return to the program. Uh, that had to have been a really difficult period of time for you. What was that experience like, and uh, what eventually led you to come back? We're so glad you did. Uh, yeah, like I said, man, I was after the bowl game, I was, I was honestly, I was set on not playing. Um, I, actually, I ended up getting a job. I was working. And then there was uh, one of our, you know, coaches in the office that uh, he would call me when I was at work and he would ask me, you know, did I change my mind? Am I going to come back? You know, it's just know that, you know, if you want to come back, it's, it's there. And I was just always telling him, like, no, I'm working, I'm working, no. And then it got to a point to where uh, I just, I don't know, I just missed touching the ball. I missed tackling. I missed everything else. I missed the, the, the grind in the weight room. And stuff like that. So I ended up uh, going up to Coach Herm's office one day. And, you know, me and him sat down. We talked. Um, I knew firsthand of what issues that I had before as far as working out and, you know, the uh, practice and stuff like that. My, my efforts and stuff had to improve, you know, drastically. So that's one thing I know I needed to buckle down on and work on. So, Talked to Coach Herm a little bit. He told me I was able to, you know, he was, you know, he let me back with open arms, which I'm very grateful for to this day. And next thing I know, COVID-19 hits. Everyone had to quarantine and stadium got shut down and couldn't be up there. And then sure enough, get back probably, I'm going to say mid-June, maybe early July. And ever since then, I've just been, my head has been down. I've just been working and just focusing. And it's showing on the field, my friend. You've been playing great in these uh, first couple of games. And I wanted to get your take on the rivalry. You, as we said, you're from Gilbert. You went to Highland High School. Uh, did When you were coming through uh, grade school, junior high, high school, did you follow ASU versus U of A? Did you choose sides at that point? And what is it like for you as an Arizona kid to play in this rivalry game? Uh, growing up, I didn't, I didn't, I knew nothing about the rivalry growing up until I hit high school because when I started getting recruited, that's when I found out about rivalries as far as, you know, like Michigan and Michigan State and U of A, ASU and all that type of stuff. So when I found out about that, I looked in more into it as far as the traditions, the history of it, and then being able to play in them now and see why it's a rivalry. It's it's a big deal, and these young guys on the team are gonna they're gonna see that very quick when it comes to kickoff, and they're gonna understand why. And I can't wait for them to see that. So, with me, you know, I'm three and zero against the Cats down south. So it's just ma- hopefully we make it number four. We're gonna make it number four. 
And you made a huge play in uh, number two, the game two years ago in Tucson. It was Tyler who recovered the uh, fumble that led immediately to Eno Benjamin's game-winning touchdown. That was just a remarkable fourth quarter of football, wasn't it, when you look back on it? Man, that was the longest three minutes of my life. <laughs> that fourth quarter, three minutes to stop them and you know hold them to a field goal that they missed. That was a long, that was a long fourth quarter at that moment. But that was, it was amazing. You know, the guys that I played with in that game, you know, the the ones that graduated, the ones that are still here. You know, that we talk about it all the time about the plays, about what was going on with, uh, with when Coach G was there, Coach Gonzalez was there. We we laugh about that stuff now because we won. And it's I'm glad it made huge memories. And there are going to be more to come. Uh, what would you tell the guys, your teammates, who are going to play in this rivalry game Friday for the first time? What would you tell them in terms of what to expect? Oh, they're going to, I'm telling them they're going to expect – they should be expecting some chirping. There's going to be a lot of chirping. A lot of probably, you know, unfortunately there's going to be cheap shots. There's going to be dirty things going on. But – I mean, that's what we have pads on for. Play between the whistles, play between the white lines, and let them know we mean business. And then after the game, we'll see who's chirping. You got a possibility to join some uh, rarefied air, Tyler, a player who never lost to the University of Arizona. That would mean a heck of a lot to you, methinks. For sure. For sure. So what do you have planned after college other than hopefully uh, playing on Sundays in the NFL? What uh, what are your plans in terms of a career? Probably come back, take my EMT, start my firefighting. You know, that's uh, I have family that's in, that works in Phoenix and Tempe. So I do a little bit of ride-alongs here and there when I'm able to and uh, see the, the firehouse culture and stuff like that. It's, it's very, very close to a locker room, so – fit right in. It's great conversations, great people. There's a lot of, uh, there's uh, Scott Woodford, you know, he's a old Sun Devil linebacker and mm-hmm. I go ride the station sometimes and he used to tell me stories about the rivalry and days when they would play USD and stuff like that. So that's uh, that's my plan after football. I'm going to take football as far as I can go and then I'll probably come back home to Arizona and start my career there. Well, that's a terrific career path to follow, but I'll give you a hint. If you ever want to get into analysis and broadcasting, I think you'd be a a slam dunk, my friend. You could do a heck of a job. Hey, you told me this once before. I told you I'd keep it in mind. It hasn't left. Yeah, well, keep it in mind because I think you'd be great at it. But uh, we really appreciate your coming on with us tonight, and uh, good luck against the Wildcats on Friday, and stay healthy, my friend. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Tyler Johnson, terrific young man and the current Pac-12 Defensive Lineman of the Week, our guest tonight on All Aboard with Coach Herm Edwards. No matter where you're watching the ASU game, remember Saturdays are made to chill with Coors Light and Coors Light, an official beer of ASU. And remember, 21 means 21. Coming up, we'll check in with Tyler's position coach as Sun Devil first-year defensive line coach Robert Rodriguez will join us. But first, these messages here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. fourth quarter is next on all aboard with sun devil head football coach herm edwards well folks no matter where you're watching the asu game saturdays are made to chill with coors light coors light an official beer of asu and again remember 21 means 21 
I'm Tim Healy, thanking you for joining us for tonight's installment of All Aboard with Coach Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light Dodge Sasquatch Kitchen. Our final guest of the evening is actually our first Pete guest of the fall, so he should feel highly honored indeed. He's in his first season on Herm Edwards' coaching staff at Arizona State after spending the last five years as a defensive assistant for the Minnesota Vikings of the NFL. Through two games, his defensive line group has shown significant improvement, as evidenced by Tyler Johnson, our guest in the previous segment, being named the Pac-12 Defensive Lineman of the Year, or of the week, I should say. Maybe he will be the Defensive Lineman of the Year. A one-time Western Athletic Conference Defensive Player of the Year in his playing days at UTEP, it's a pleasure to welcome Coach Robert Rodriguez back to the show. How you doing tonight, Coach Rod? Back out on the patio, oh, I see, huh? Hey, man, what a blessing to be there. I tell you what, if you can't enjoy the perks of the job and the perks of living <laughs> out here, then I don't know, it's not worth it, you know? No, I'm, I'm blessed to be back, man. I appreciate you guys having me. Well, it's great to have you back on the show. And since the last time you joined us two months ago, it's been quite a journey, hasn't it, for you, for everybody in the Sun Devil football program. How would you capsule or put into perspective what this last month and a half has been like for this football program? Well, I mean, it's been like riding a wave. There's highs and lows and then constant change. And, and, and you know, I think uncertainty is always – it makes you uncomfortable. It doesn't allow you to, feel, you know, to enjoy it fully. But, um, you know, that's the thing that we keep coming. It's just the constant change, the constant movement. That's uh, – you know, you, you try to get good at it, but after a while it, it wears you out, you know, and it, it's difficult. But we're you – know, at the end of the day, we are blessed to be here, to be Sun Devils and to be doing what we're doing. And I'm really grateful for the for the players that we have because they've fought through a lot and they, they just keep coming back. I'm really proud of those guys. And your players in particular, I think, have done a really nice job through the first two games. How would you size up the play of your D-line in these two contests? You know, our guys, i tell you what, I've been extremely proud of those guys. Uh, obviously, it hasn't worked out for us in terms of the win column. Uh, one of the things, you know, we have not met the standard that, that, that I've set and that we've set in, in that room of what we want to be, but we've come so far. And I can't, I can't even put it into words how proud I am and how significant the change has been uh, from the film that I saw when I came in, the guys that I inherited and got on the field, to watch them improve and watch not only that, but they know they've improved. And so you see the confidence building up in the room, guys getting better, guys playing together. Um, I'm just extremely proud. I don't know how to put it into words to describe it. We're improved but we're not, we're not where we want to be yet. Tyler Johnson certainly, I think, is uh, one of those that has really improved. It's just great to have him back in the program. As we talked about with him the prior segment, he was considering retiring from football, and then he comes back and turns in a performance like he had the other night against UCLA. What does he mean to your group? He means a lot. You know, I tell you what, I'm really proud of Tyler. And it's funny you say that, you know, when I first got here, obviously he wasn't a part of the team. And I watched the games from the year prior and I made comments about guys. Yeah, I really like the kid who wore number 20 last year. I really like the kid that wears 20 this year. I think Black's awesome. But I said, I tell you who I'd really like to get is that 41. That dude has a great skill set. And when I got explained to me that he had retired, I was uh, pretty upset about that. I said, well, that's a damn shame. 
But uh, I'm proud of Tyler because I'm going to say this. Everybody always talks about his great ability, and uh, we all know what he can do. Uh, but the things that I ask of Marty Lyman are, are unorthodox, and they're, they're hard. They're, you have to really work at them. And so credit to Tyler that it's taken a while, but, you know, Tyler's very cerebral, so he, he wants to think it through. And for me, you really just got to jump in the water, you know, and Tyler has had to really take a step back at times and take leaps of faith to do what I'm asking him to do. And to his credit, he's worked for it. So I think we always act like everything Tyler does just comes naturally. And certainly a lot of things do. But Tyler's put in work and Tyler's had to make some sacrifices to be a part of what we're doing. And he's done that. So it, all the credit goes to him. And, and he means a lot. Obviously, he's produced at a high level. And there's still so much more that he can do if he continues to evolve and develop. And I, I would just – I can't imagine if I would have had him for three years as just a defensive lineman. Um, you know, the sky's the limit of what he can do ability-wise, but he's doing a great job. And you have other studs in that D-line. Jermaine lolay has been terrific. I thought D.J. Davidson made some big plays against UCLA. And you told us Michael Matus – was going to be an improved player when you came on uh, the previous time. And, boy, uh, you've become a prophet. He's been outstanding through two games. You know, I'm not a prophet. I've just been taught the right way, and I know what I'm looking for. And it's kind of funny because uh, I've heard it a lot. when I, You know, I know when the depth chart came out, I started getting text messages and people in the building. A couple people looked at me funny when I said Mike Matus was starting. But the film, you know, here's the deal. I put him out there. And I let the film speak for itself, and Mike earned it. And Mike is a high character. He loves football. He's a high character guy, great energy, great personality, loves football. Here's the biggest thing. That dude has committed to learning what I have to teach and being and doing it to the best of his ability. So I'm really grateful for Mike because two things. One, he's a great example of if you do everything I ask you to do, it'll bring out the best in who you are as a football player and hopefully as a person. Uh, but also it's nice to be, it's nice to be right. And it's nice to say, I told you so in, in my, and so somebody asked me the other day and I said, look, will you just tell the fans to trust me? I know what I'm doing. I, I'm not an expert at anything else in the world, but this is what I'm good at. So just let me, let me pick them. Let me play them and, and let me get the best out of them. But Mike earned it. Now I'm not taking credit for that. Mike earned it. Mike went out there and I said, beat them. Go guys, go out there and beat them. And he refused to let that happen, and he's done nothing but but get better and better and better. And when the lights are on, he still plays fast. And so the the credit goes to Mike, and he has leadership qualities too. So that's a that's an added bonus. Boy, great insights indeed, and I can't wait to see your defensive lineman tee it up and get after him on Friday night in the game in Tucson. Coach Rod, thanks again for joining us. Hopefully, there'll be a third visit on the show in your future. Thanks so much for being with us. Hey, it's a pleasure. I appreciate you guys taking the time. Have a great one. Sun Devil defensive line coach Robert Rodriguez, our guest on tonight's show. That'll do it for this evening. We want to thank our terrific engineer, Sean Crespin, for his technical help tonight. Thanks to our great in-studio coordinator, Cody Fincher. And a big thank you to Tim Cassidy, Nate Wainwright, and Marcus Castro-Walker from Sun Devil Football for their help. Join us again next Thursday night, December 17th, our final show of the year as we preview the Sun Devils' final regular season game. Till then, I'm Tim Healy saying thanks for listening. So long, everybody. 
listening to All Aboard with Sun Devil Head Football Coach Herm Edwards. All Aboard is presented by Coors Light and the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. Arizona State football is an exclusive presentation of the Sun Devil Radio Network. Presented by Mid-First Bank.